Welcome, friends. This is the Art of Aliveness podcast, and I'm your host, Chrissy Marie. It's a space where we explore how to nurture life force energy through the path of creativity, curiosity, compassion, courage, and connection. Let's dance. Welcome, friends. I have the beautiful, fantastical, amazing Laura Fox with me today. And I will, yes, read out her bio and then she can tell you a little bit more about what's alive for her right now. So, Laura is a coach, a channel, and a badass spiritual businesswoman, Mm. a force to be reckoned with. (laughs) Yes. She's on a mission to light up the grid of humanity, and she facilitates the clearing of energetic blocks within the body, allowing individuals to release and heal from ineffective patterns and old traumas, which creates space for more play, love, and abundance. She holds a powerful container, encouraging and supporting individuals to create the future they desire. And I can fully attest to this. You are (laughs) magnificent, and thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so so you, you have so much magic uh, on your heart. And one of the things that I'm really drawn to about you and, and that I found to be really powerful in your particular transmission is your ability to connect to intuition and mm. to live a life on your own rules like a live yeah. living a life that's really in alignment for what works for you. Yeah. And so I, my, I guess my, my first curiosity is, were you always connected to intuition? And if not, what was your journey like to coming into this work? Yeah. Um, that's it. That's interesting. I've always been connected to my intuition, but I haven't always listened to it. Mm. And I think that's probably where the masses are like most people are actually really connected to their intuition, but it's not always what they want to hear and it's not always what they want to act on. And so, because it's for the most part, those little nudges and the little hits of things like the impulses Mm -hmm. don't always make sense. They don't always make sense from like a career or a society perspective or family. Mm. And so then it's like, oh, I'll just shove that down. Like that's Mm -hmm. just some random thought bubble that's Mm -hmm. come into my mind rather than something that I actually really want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for a long time, I actually was really uncomfortable and just sort of kind of fully shutting myself down um, Mm -hmm. to the point that I was almost kind of like a shell. Because mm-hmm. I just was completely ignoring my intuition. I was like, that's not for me, or that doesn't, that's not, that can't be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just doing what I thought I should be doing, or doing what I saw other people doing, rather than what was really singing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so starting to listen to that intuition more and just taking baby steps towards it, it got easier and easier to then sort of 
throw myself sort of full body into whatever the nudges were. Um, and it gets easier to hear too. Mm, yes. What initiated you into intuition? Like, what, Did you have a moment where you were like, shit, I need to listen? <laughs> or was it like a collective like, okay, it's starting to get more and more uncomfortable now? <laughs> yeah, I went through, I had a... I guess I got really sick when I was like in my mid twenties and got diagnosed with all sorts of crazy stuff that people in their twenties don't get diagnosed with like rheumatoid arthritis and MS and like really crazy things. Um, And I actually turned out to have just really significant heavy metal poisoning. And that was sort of like a, okay, I'm, that was a big wake up. Like there's more to life like this, this is serious. I was blacking out and all sorts. And it, that was like, there's something I'm not listening to here. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of catapulted me on a journey. But even then it was still sort of, I could change the big things, but not the little things. Like the little things were what were harder for me to actually implement just in sort of how I was showing up with people and mm-hmm. really acknowledging what made me feel good. Mm-hmm. and acknowledging that I actually just want to spend more time in nature or I really like going for walks and mm. making silly noises at really inappropriate moments, <laughs> like little things like yes. that, just allowing my personality to actually just come out however I feel. Mm-hmm. Those little things were the hardest for me to overcome. Mm. Um, and that's where I started going in search of other people that were kind of allowing their quirks to come through. Um, and social media was still only really just taking off. And I think that that's like everyone bags social media and there is definitely like a darker side to it, but I think it's also, it gives permission for a lot of people. And like one of the things I love about you is you're dancing videos all the time. And there's just so much freedom in that because most people would be like, oh my God, I couldn't think of anything scarier whilst also really wishing that was something that they could do. Yeah. And so it gives like finding other people to kind of give me permission to do what I wanted to do. That Mm -hmm. was a big step. And that was sort of, Mm -hmm. it took time. I love that you brought that up and there's no coincidence with that because I literally was, I just did another interview last night and we were talking about this exact thing, like finding people who embody what you desire to step into and like using them as like an energetic transmission, like letting their permission like seep Mm. into your bones and be the yes that you've been craving, you know, like, okay, I can do it too. (laughs) It's happening. Yeah. Completely. And then picking and choosing from different people Mm. because it's not then becoming that person. Yes. Right. Because not like we're all different. We're all Mm. as unique as our fingerprints. And so it's not like, okay, well, oh, so Chrissy dances, so I have to dance online. And and Chrissy does this, so I have to go and do this too. But that doesn't feel as good for me. It's like, no, pick and choose. And like, you know, cherry pick the bits of everybody that you really love and then see how that all amalgamates together and how that feels in the body. Yeah. And going and doing that rather than just being like, oh, well, carbon copies of everybody. It's like, no, you get to, you know, we're like jigsaws. You get to take all the different pieces and put them together to make your own picture. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So you're bringing up a huge, a huge point. Something that I used to struggle with too was when I saw somebody that I admired and I was like, oh, I, I love who they are. I love their energy. I love the way they carry themselves and they do yoga. So I should too. Mm. No. <laughs> yeah. And then realizing like I took a, a yoga teacher training three years ago and I don't teach at all. And I hardly do the asana, the physical asana. I got so much out of it, but I realized like that's actually not for me. So my curiosity was what's your perception around the connection between intuition and feeling alive? How are those two connected? And then how to start really using and tapping into it so that you don't fall into the trap of trying to be a carbon copy of the person that lights you up, right? And becoming your own version of that. Yeah. And I, I really think it's trial and error. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what actually feels good and lights you up and makes you feel alive until you do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things, like there are so many things that I've thought, oh, I really want to try whatever. I can't think of anything right now <laughs> off the top of my head. But where I've thought, oh, yeah, I really want to do that. Mm. And then I'm doing it and I'm like, oh, actually, this isn't, this isn't actually what I want or I don't want to, like, it's nice and I've enjoyed it, but it's not something I want to keep doing. Yeah. Um, I think yoga is actually one of those things. I was like, oh yeah, I really want to, I really want to be able to do like a headstand. I want to be able to do yoga and blah, blah, blah. And then when I started doing it, I was like, actually, no, this doesn't like, I just feel like I'm going because I said I was going to go, not because I'm like, yes, when I go. Um, But you don't know that until you get into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still like, I'm still glad that I tried it because that led me onto some like other things that now I got into pull. Cause I was like, well, there's going to be a different way that I want to increase my flexibility and do movements and be in a class and have that environment. And for me, that was actually pull, not yes. yoga. Yes. But I probably, I don't know, I'd have gotten to pull at some point, but I'd have gone down a different path. Mm-hmm. So it's not about finding the exact thing it's about being open to be curious Mm -hmm. and to trying different things and Mm -hmm. when you get a hit or like a nudge or a tap whatever phrase you want to use if something keeps coming into your field and you're curious about it then Mm -hmm. lean into that curiosity and be Mm -hmm. open to wherever that might take you it Mm -hmm. might not be that thing but that thing might then open you up to something else Mm. And I think that's what we get to remember is it, it doesn't have to be, oh yeah, this is the thing. This is the thing that's going to light me up. And this is, you know, this is the end point. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing with like, we talk about life as a journey. It's not the thing that's the end point. It's all part of the process. Yes. Okay. Ooh, I've got so much coming up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as I knew I would. Um, so what, so just to reflect back what I'm hearing the first piece mm. of hearing is that when you, so you let curiosity be your compass, right? So you yeah. follow your curiosity. And then when you explore and you're in the thing, you're assessing like, does this light me up while I'm here? Or do I feel like I, I'm doing this because I have to, or I said I would? Like you're assessing, yeah. like, do I feel alive in this now moment while I'm engaging in the thing? Yeah. So I'm thinking about myself. 
and other people that I draw into my field because I'm always drawing in mirrors. Yeah. Um, but people who are like, I love all the things, all the things light me up and I just don't know where to begin. Like I have so many passions. I have so many things that I do that feel that deep bodied. Yes. Yeah. And the trap can become, or my trap was, I just don't know how to integrate. I don't know like where to put my focus because I'm, there's so many yeses showing up here. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that and how to navigate that? Yeah, that's, and that's actually a really big thing because there's so much going around in our heads and in our environment now. And there are actually so many opportunities that we can say yes to and that would be nice to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I actually get um, in the group program that I do, I get everybody to write down the things that they love. Mm. So write down all the things that might be as simple as just going down and sitting at the beach, or it might be something bigger. It could be traveling, going overseas, like write down everything that they love to do. Mm-hmm. And then also on a separate list, write down everything that they've wanted to do, kind of like a bucket list, I guess, mm-hmm. but writing it all down so they can clearly see like everything that they've wanted, but they have kept putting off for whatever reason and every single day doing something on one of those lists that lights them up because each day it's going to be different Mm -hmm. and the beauty of writing things down is it gets it out of your head so you can actually see clearly Mm -hmm. what it is that your options are I guess and sometimes just scanning a page and something will jump out at you like you'll see something that you haven't thought about in ages or you haven't like it hasn't occurred to you before when you're like, Oh, I didn't even realize this was on my list. Yeah. I'm going to go and do that today. And it's, it appeals to that logical part of the brain, Mm -hmm. which is still actually there. Like intuition can also be just as much a masculine thing as a feminine thing. It can actually have some structure to it. Mm -hmm. And I think getting things out of the head makes it a lot clearer Yes, and allows you to like, I guess it depends how you operate, but I'm quite a visual person. And so sometimes it's okay for me to just go with like, I'll get a really strong feeling and I'm sort of physically pulled different places. Mm -hmm. And other times I like to actually just look at, look in my journal and just Mm -hmm. go through my lists and just be like, Oh yeah, actually this is really pulling me. I'd forgotten that I actually Mm -hmm. loved doing that. Mm. And so it's something that, you can keep like those lists you can keep adding to as you hear about new things, as you discover new things, as you go to new places, Mm -hmm. you can keep adding. Mm. And that's, that to me is a good starting point. And that's something that everyone always, when I get people to go through this exercise, they're always like, Oh, that sounds so stupid. And then they do it and they're like, Oh my God, I had so many more things than I realized. And now each day it's easy to be like, I can do something that I love every day because I can clearly see things yes. rather than just being like, there's nothing or it's everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So appeal to that logical side too. Mm-hmm. And allowing people to kind of, to choose and have like a variety, like on my list, one of those things would be blowing bubbles. The other might be going for a walk in nature. The other might be just dancing at my steering wheel. 
And at least one of those is accessible at any point, you know, like singing to myself, right? I can do that at any point. That makes me feel alive. Um, So options. Yeah. Yeah. And also knowing that different days, it's going to be different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes for me, one of the things that lights me up the most is actually Mm -hmm. like we've got this huge, it's supposed to be a two person beanbag and my dog pretty much fills it herself. (laughs) And sometimes like something that just lights me up the most is going and like getting in the beanbag and spooning in with my dog. And that's like, the ultimate. Whereas other days that would be like, I need to, what lights me up is going to be something that lets me move and have that freedom. And so like a little dance party at home is going to be the ultimate thing for yeah. me. Yeah. And they're completely different other ends of the spectrum, but they both light me up mm. equally in different ways mm. and getting away from that judgment of it needs to be the same thing or a similar mm. thing. Like, it can be twerking in a club at 2am or it could be a nice sunset walk along the beach. Like it really doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's no comparison of like one is better than the other. It's all just how it feels for you in that moment. Mm. I love that. And what's coming up for me is the intersection between discipline and intuition, especially when it comes to stepping into a new layer of creation, whether it's a piece of art or a project or even just deeper self-care, right? Like moving your body more. Um, That's one of the things that was brought up in the podcast insiders group is when I asked, what are some of the things that like limit you from feeling alive some of the some of the people wrote about oh i really struggle to get moving i struggle to move my body i struggle to like you know do the 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 stuff that i know will will make me feel alive but initially like the build up like the first mile of that run is going to suck you know so there's the initial all right this makes me feel alive immediately and it feels good and then there's this other piece where it's like yes maybe that is the thing you need to lean into but for a little while you're going to need to practice grit and resilience. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? And like staying with something that's going to have a long-term aliveness ROI, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think it's remembering why you're doing something. Mm. Um, And again, Paul is the perfect example of this for me in that I used to like, the first course that I did the first six week block where it was like pretty simple spins and things, it was great fun and I loved it. And then, you know, each level has gotten progressively harder, requires more strength, requires more coordination, um, which is not something I am known for. (laughs) And so I actually, I got to a point when I was doing Paul that maybe it's around six months in where we were getting progressively harder and harder. And during the class, I wasn't hundred percent enjoying it mm. because it was so mental. And I was just like, I was constantly pushing through barriers and constantly moving through discomfort mm. physically and mentally. Mm. And I was just like, why am I doing this to myself? Why don't I just like go back 
and do the easy stuff. Mm. And that's when I could really clearly hear myself say, because on the other side, you're going to love it. Mm. And so for me, I could, I could hear that voice because I've trained myself to be able to hear it. Mm. And I've given space for it in other moments when I haven't needed to hear it as loudly. I've created that space for it to come through. Mm. So then in those harder times, it had that channel already. And so it's, it's about practicing building trust with yourself mm. and being really honest with yourself when you're getting that feeling of, I don't want to do this, having a still moment and just really breathing deeply into right into the bottom of your belly, breathing into like every cell and just being honest with yourself of, does this not feel good because it's something that I just, I don't need to do it. I don't need to be here. Like mm. this just isn't me. Mm. Or is it actually something that you get to really lean into and see what's on the other side of that? Mm. And that can be a challenge to be really honest with yourself because mm. it's so easy to just be like, nah, this isn't for me. No, I don't need to do this. Yeah. But you, you know, I think everybody knows when, it's actually something that they do get to do and they just don't want to. But mm. like kind of tidying your room, you know, it always feels good on the other side when everything's put away nicely and the bed's made and it looks beautiful. Yes. But for most people, the process of doing that is not an enjoyable experience. Yes. But you know that it gets to be done. Yeah. And you know you're going to feel good on the other side. So it's just... Mm really trusting yourself and little steps of trusting yourself. And sometimes it might just be a case of, okay, well, I'm just going to put my head down and get through this and see how I feel on the other side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time it's maybe 30 minutes, an hour of discomfort. Yeah. Max. Like if you're talking about going for a walk in the morning, just saying to yourself, if you really don't want to go, I'm just going to walk to the end of the street and back and yeah. see how I feel. Yeah. And giving yourself smaller steps to keep taking and seeing how you feel when you're finished. Yeah. I love that. I, I used to do that when I would go for runs as I would say, oh, I kind of feel like crap. I'll just do two miles and see where I'm at. And usually, yeah. usually I'd be able to go a little bit longer and the question that was coming up as I was listening in relationship to tuning in, um, I, well, I will often ask myself, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for somebody else? Like, am yeah. I doing this to please someone else? Even if it's, I want to do this to look better for somebody else, right? I want to do this to look mm. better for that other, right? Versus I'm doing this because this activates my body. It, it fuels me with energy. It makes me feel resilient. Like, really the self the the um self-sustaining internalized sense of this is just for me you know this is mm. for me and my aliveness yeah yeah i and am i learning something here mm. that's often a big question that i ask myself like what mm. am i what am i getting from this mm. and sometimes aliveness isn't always just joy and high vibes sometimes aliveness is like 
can't believe I just did that. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. Or there were so many times I didn't think I was going to make it through that, but I did. Mm. And sometimes that's aliveness. Oh, I firmly believe, and I used to say, I was such like an emo teenager, but I would write so much poetry about like calling in the pain. Like there's parts of me that would look for the heartbreak (laughs) because I was like, it's in the pain that I also feel so alive. It's in the, the breakup at 14 or it's in, in the same way. It's in the 5k that I run where I'm gasping for breath the whole time. And I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? But I get to the end and I'm like, I'm amazing. You know, like your whole body gets just so activated. So yeah. I, I love that you brought up that, that piece that it is not just about like feeling pleasant and comfortable all the time, but it's in the grit that we also feel yeah. bodied and awake. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, a healthy balance of both. You don't want to always be chasing the pain to get the high because that's not sustainable. And I think that's where a lot of people are actually going, especially in like the personal development world. It's so easy to keep looking for the shadow and working through the shadow and (laughs) guess whilst that's needed, there's, you know, that high vibe joy is also required. And so it's finding that balance of both. And when you find yourself in those situations of, oh, I don't want to be doing this, Mm -hmm. that's when you get to tap in. Am I learning something here? Mm. Is there going to be more on the other side? Or is it just a clear no? Yeah. Yeah. Something that I have... I've spoken about and feel like it's relevant to mention here, especially for the people who've said that they struggle with movement is kind of similar to what you were saying about like giving yourself a bite-sized digestible, like I'm going to just do this. If I say to myself that I'm going to do a five mile run, but that morning I feel like absolute death, instead of doing a five mile run, I might get on my bike because it's a little bit less strenuous on the body. Or I might Mm. say, I'm actually going to stay home, but I'm going to go dance to my favorite playlist for 30 minutes. Like I'm going to associate pleasure with this process of activating my body and, and really, you know, working it. Yeah. So pairing the pain and the pleasure, especially if you've been off the bandwagon and you are disconnected from the aliveness on the other side of the grit. Yeah. And giving yourself permission to let it be fun, like letting play initiate you into that, that sense of um, endurance in a way. Yeah. And don't be afraid to keep it small too, Mm -hmm. because sometimes the small things can actually be the biggest. Like Mm -hmm. for some people, the idea of dancing for 30 minutes straight (laughs) might be just like, oh my God, I like, I physically can't do that. Yeah. So five minutes might just be putting on your favorite song and swaying your hips. Yeah. And just moving your arms around, like moving your hips in like a figure of eight and just being like, okay, for this song, I'm just going to move my hips. Yeah. And then swirl in a figure of eight and maybe my arms might do something. Maybe they'll just be by my sides Mm -hmm. and that'll be it. Yeah. And each day doing something like that. Yes. It's taking those small incremental steps, like just Mm -hmm. starting and Mm -hmm. doing something, trying different songs, different types of music. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's so much to 
and I think this relates to building your intuition, like acknowledging and leaning into the small hits and like, and when I say small, it's not less than, it's just like subtle, like really leaning into the subtleties and celebrating the subtlety because the more you celebrate the subtlety, the more you'll realize that there's magic in every moment, right? There's magic in the figure eights. It's just as important to do that as it is to go for, you know, 30 minutes to dance. And it's just as yeah. important to like take a deep breath and pause and just ask yourself a simple question of like, what's here for me right now? Yeah. <laughs> what's my intention with this? Um, then it is to sit down for 30 minutes and journal with your intuition. You know, both of those yeah. things are equally as important when it comes to building endurance and building connection to self. Yeah, completely. And if you find yourself constantly wanting to put that off Mm. finding excuses or not putting yourself down when you're doing it Mm. and being like oh this isn't I'm not doing it right or I'm not Mm. like you're in that kind of headspace I think that's where you get to people get to have a deeper look at what's coming up there because a lot of people I think on a subconscious or unconscious level don't actually feel like they're worthy of that joy. Yes. And so they're constantly sabotaging themselves in different ways from actually feeling that. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think like coming back to those lists, um, I was working with a lady recently who was like, I actually don't know. Like I don't, I don't feel like I have anything that makes me feel alive and joyful she's like I have like drawing a blank Mm. so I got her to sort of sit and just do 10 minutes a day for a week and just write down anything that she's ever remembered really enjoying Mm -hmm. so from when she was a kid she used to go horse riding and I was like okay start there start and then just see what wants to come out from there like go down the rabbit holes go down like anything that you've ever you know you remember laughing at Mm -hmm. or as a kid looking forward to start there and just see what comes up and don't judge it don't be like as you're writing things down be like oh that's stupid I don't I don't want to do that just write it down because at some point soon, you might want to. It's coming up for a reason. Things are popping into your mind mm. for a reason. It's an invitation to look at something or to step into something. And so if you find yourself constantly wanting to be like, no, no, that's not right, or mm-hmm. I can't do that, mm. then that's actually a, an even deeper invitation for you to go into that. Mm. And maybe you need some extra support in doing that. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah everyone just deserve to feel that joy and aliveness yes yes that's a whole it's a whole other podcast on like why yeah. we, why we can't <laughs> it is. It literally comes up every time we start talking about joy it's just like people are afraid to lean into joy and we were talking about play last night and being afraid to lean into play and because it brings up it brings up contrast, you know, in order to acknowledge joy, we must acknowledge pain. We must acknowledge discomfort. And often we've capped, we have a cap on how much discomfort we're allowing ourselves to actually feel, which is why Mm. when we really lean into discomfort, 
we can feel, actually feel more alive because so many people are just kind of numb. We're just like, like, just like, you know, like we're just, I can't even find the words that I'm looking for, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we're just not feeling in either direction. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just all monotone. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's lots of hand signals going on here, but that's not very helpful. <laughs> you can see all the gears moving in my brain. They're just like, <laughs> and so, a lot of people feel guilty about that because they're like, oh, I did this thing when I was seven or, mm-hmm. you know, I said something hurtful as a teenager or in my twenties, whatever it might be. Or there are so many people suffering in the world. Who am I to have fun? Mm. but then who are you not to Mm. like if you can't allow yourself with the privilege that you may or may not have Mm -hmm. and the opportunities that are in front of you even if it's just Mm -hmm. the privilege that you have is you get half an hour each day where you get to choose what you do with that time Mm -hmm. like that might be all that you have like who are you not to take that for yourself mm-hmm. because if you don't then nobody else can mm-hmm. and if you don't allow yourself to live to your fullest then nobody else around you can either like exactly. you are your you're the permission for yourself and you're the permission for others yeah yeah and the world can't be a bad place if everyone is taking the time to fill themselves up like mm-hmm. there's I can't see any negative repercussion from somebody allowing themselves to smile and to light up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you said, who are you not to? I literally sat with that and I was like, who am I when I am not filling my Mm. cup and following my intuition? I am cranky. I become very selfish. I become resentful. Mm. And then that's not the version of me that's that I want to present to the world. That's not the version of me that I want to reflect on on my deathbed. Like, yep, lived the world like a crotchety, grouchy bitch. Like, cause I just wasn't giving myself any time, you know, to yep. marinate in the things that serve my soul. So yeah, who are you when you're not fueling and nurturing your aliveness and, and connecting to intuition? Is that yeah. the version of you that you really want? Yeah, being the martyr to do everything for everybody else. But at what cost? Yeah. Yeah. All the costs. Are they actually getting the best of you as you're doing that? Probably not. Exactly. They probably feel that you don't want to be there either. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, could you share a, just a little bit? Maybe we can end on just some tangible things. I know we started talking about taking the pause and asking Mm. yourself some questions like what's my intention what am i learning here but for people who are like not really sure about is this my intuition is this fear like how do i connect to my intuition deeper what are some things you you suggest to people who are really just either new to this or who've said well i've tried that before and it didn't work like where do you go from there with your clients Yeah. Um, Something that I actually really love to get people to do is to play with using their body as a pendulum. Mm. Because again, that's something that satisfies like the mind and the body, the logical, well, not always the logical, but 
it's something that it gives you something physically to do to kind of test. So mm-hmm. some people will muscle test. I like to do the pendulum. Mm-hmm. So stand with like your feet shoulder width apart. Mm-hmm. Just take a few deep breaths. It, I find it helpful to have like one hand right on the bottom of your belly and another hand on your heart and just sort of breathing into your bottom hand and then just asking your body, what is a yes mm-hmm. right now? So the vast majority of people will sort of start to lean forward in that moment, but it could be you get like a flutter of butterflies Mm. or a heat sort of comes up you. Like it could be absolutely anything. Just be pause and be present in that moment and notice is there a tingling on the back of your neck? What is it that's giving you a yes feeling? Mm. And then ask what is a no right now? And a lot of people will lean backwards or they might start to feel really heavy or feel a bit sick, or there might be knots somewhere. So just noticing what is a yes and what is a no. Mm. And doing that at the, every time you sort of, you step into this pendulum exercise, asking what is a yes right now and what is a no right now? Mm. Because it can change too. Mm-hmm. And then asking the question, mm. do I, should I go to the beach, get a mm. yes or a no? Should I go to this class? Yes or no? Should I go for a run? Or do I need to be here? Mm. Do I need to be in this room with these people? Yes or no? It's Mm. something that you can practice. You can practice with food. Do I need this snack? Do I want to wear this dress today? Like start to practice with absolutely Mm. everything Mm. so that you can get clearer yeses and no's because sometimes they can be really subtle and you're like was was that a was that a yes or was that a no so the more that you practice it and you get used to how your body responds Mm -hmm. the easier and clearer it is Mm. and then you can really trust when your mind is saying no I don't want to do that but you're getting a yes and you Mm -hmm. can recognize that that's a yes Mm -hmm. then that's something that you get to lean into and step into and Mm -hmm. so I would, that's, to me, I think that's probably the biggest thing to start to build that trust within yourself and knowing that it's a yes from your body and your soul rather than from your logical mind. Mm, Beautiful. And when you're asking questions, one of the things when I was learning more about intuition is the importance of the questions that you ask because the the quality of the question is going to dictate the quality of the answer. Mm. And so curious is do you do you frame your questions because I'll sometimes frame like what's in my highest interest like I'll ask my higher self because sometimes I find that if I'm general like should I be here and I'm not specifying like is it in my highest interest to be here if I don't want to be there I'm just gonna it's gonna be a no you know Mm. um so do you find that you specify and if you don't would you suggest like certain people specifying if they're afraid of self-sabotage? Yeah, I think being quite specific in your question and also asking the same question but in different ways Mm. Um, because that's sometimes I'll notice I'll get an answer And then I ask the same question, but in a different way, and I might get a different answer, Mm -hmm. but it'll be a really strong, clear answer. Whereas the first time it might've been a bit more wishy-washy, like I might've 
I'll have felt that I moved, but I didn't really move. And so I'm like, oh, that was a bit, I got an answer, but it was a bit gray. So I'll ask the question again in a slightly different way and then I'll get a really clear answer. And then I'm like, okay. So don't be afraid to reframe your questions too. Mm. And also think about, are you asking the question with an intention in mind already? So if you're framing the question in a way that you know you're going to get the response that you want. So um, sometimes asking like, is this good for me? Or am I going to learn something from this? Like Mm -hmm. you're always going to learn something. It's just a case of, are you willing to see it? Mm -hmm. So thinking about how you're actually wording your questions. And this is something that is going to be different for everybody because Mm -hmm. we're all different Mm -hmm. and what's triggering or a loophole, I guess for you, but also just recognizing that there aren't really any loopholes when it comes to your soul work and your body and your soul actually know when your mind is trying to get in the way of things. Mm. So I do sometimes ask the same question in different ways just to see if I get a stronger response mm-hmm. um, when my ego and my mind is running particularly strong and wild mm-hmm. um, and just having that patience. And sometimes I might ask and then I'll come back 10 minutes later and just check in again. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, now I can feel into it. Mm, mm. so giving yourself the space to actually get a real response as well and if you're in a heightened state that might make it trickier it might make it trickier to trust yourself and to hear what's actually wanting to come through Mm. so nurturing the nervous system first like breathing Mm. allowing your nerves to settle before using the pendulum before using the body Um, And then some examples could be like, is this in my highest uh, interest? Is this what's best for me? Um, Could you give some examples of some questions that you'll generally ask yourself? Framing? Um, Trying to think now, because I've been doing this for so long. Yeah, you don't even think about it. (laughs) Yeah, and quite often now I can... I can test on the fly, whereas I never used to be able to do that. Mm. I used to have to really stop and ground myself in that moment Mm -hmm. and really like take three deep breaths. Whereas now I can basically just pause and check and get like a, almost like a movement into it. Um, So it changed, that's what I mean. Like it changes and it evolves as you go through. So I think shorter questions are better when you have something long and convoluted and keeping it as a yes or no, something that, you know, you can clearly even like a, keeping it simple, like you would ask a child, Mm. like keep it basic, keep it simple. And I like that. Is this in my highest good Mm. or is this the way that I should be going? Sometimes I get, it depends what you're wanting to do. Um, but when it comes to aliveness, it could even just be, is this what's going to make me feel most alive right now? Ooh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Is this going to nurture my life force energy? Yeah. 
it comes to food or anything. Oh, I love that. Is this serving me right now? Because mm. mm, 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 mm. something doesn't necessarily have to be good for you to be serving you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, is this serving me right now? Yeah. 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 I love is that. This well, working for me. Mm. So much room for exploration with this too, and discover again, discovering what works for you, discovering what questions feel good for you. Yeah. Putting your own flavor on it. Mm. I love that. I love that. And I really love the, uh, the list, right? Creating a list of the things that you love and mm. starting to engage. And things that you loved as a child in particular. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And for P and I always, I like to say for people who don't remember, um, doing a lot that they loved, loved, or they're still kind of in that story of, oh, I really didn't do much. I wasn't allowed to do much. Like what, what were you so curious about? Like what, captivated your attention what did you wonder about put that on the list too yeah and again as you said in the beginning your curiosity leads to things that make you feel make you feel alive and yeah it's a good indication of where to go next yeah completely Mm. is there anything else you feel called to share in this moment about either intuition or aliveness or how you connect the two I think it's just remembering that it is a process of building trust and it's, it's baby steps and getting to know yourself too. That's the biggest thing. And that there's no right or wrong with it. How things come through for you might be different and that's totally okay. That's beautiful in its own right. And so if you get strong feelings in a way that we haven't discussed then go with that if that's what feels right for you if there's something that really you know you really keep getting pulled back to or something that's in your field go with that curiosity and just start to learn to trust yourself and do things each day that build that trust so that you can follow it yeah because you deserve to yes yes Thank you. I love that. I love that. And share, are there any offerings that you want to share? Anything that's currently alive for you that you have as part of your medicine and where can people find you if they're interested in those offerings? Um, yes. So I will soon be launching a second round of my group program, Breathing Fire. Um, we had our first one at the end of last year and it was just phenomenal everyone couldn't quite believe the the things that they'd been hiding from themselves and just how much more joy they could actually experience Mm. out of their current situation without actually really changing too much everyone came in thinking i have to change my whole life and then they were like oh actually there's amazing things here um so round two of that will be starting soon, end of March, I believe, maybe April. Um, and people can find me on Instagram, iam.laura.fox, or my website is just iamlaurafox.com. Beautiful. And I'll link to you in the show notes so that yeah. people can find you. Yay. So much love. 
I, yeah, this has been so juicy and delicious and there's so many more questions I have. So we'll just have to do this again. Yeah, we can do another one. (laughs) (laughs) You who are listening and loving and you have questions, please feel free to pop into the uh, free Facebook group, the Art of Aliveness Podcast Insiders, uh, or you could email me at theartofaliveness at gmail.com with questions and requests. If you want to hear more of Laura and you want her back on and you want her to talk about something specific, please let me know. <laughs> and you can also find me at Come Alive with Chrissy Marie on Instagram or on my website at www.yourchildhoodrising.com. Thank you again, love. This oh, has been a pleasure. I love this. Thank you. Mm. So good. <laughs> Till next time, play on. Thank you.